0: Welcome to another episode of the JGF podcast with me today is Raju Popper. Raju Fawar welcome. Thank you. Delighted to have you here today. Um, I should warn you that we have heard from La Cafe already so we know half of the stories at least um, but it's amazing to be. able. But
1: to... I don't know what she has said she hasn't revealed anything to me.
0: No she hasn't. Good she was she was told not to. Um, but don't worry, this is your chance to tell your side of things. So we're going to start right at the beginning with your childhood. Love you to just talk a little bit about what it was like growing up, where you grew up and, and what that was like.
1: Right. I was born in 1950, second May 1950, in a small, small, small village called Chikundi. Chikundi. In southern Tanzania. It was such a small place. There was no school, no electricity, no hospital, of course, and nothing, you know, hardly anything.
0: No uh, hospital. So, where where were you born?
1: I was born five miles away from there, seven miles away from there. Was a missionary hospital there, big
0: hospital town. Okay. A
1: place called Ndanda.
0: Nanda. Nanda.
1: N B N Danda. Danda. Yeah, Danda yeah uh, but that's that's the way it is that's the way it was very small place where we had there there, there were about twenty shops all run by Indian stations and ours was one of them. It was shop like you get everything from like a, from needle to bicycles oh wow clothes everything in fact there are some we had some tailors sitting there. So you would come, then you say, "Ah, oh, I want a trouser. I want a shirt." So our tailors will make that for you. Incredible!
0: How many people would come to your shop in one day, roughly?
1: They were all Africans from local local villages, and they would come. up, Could be up to a hundred.
0: Hundred people.
1: Up to hundred people. Yeah. In fact, they would, and there was a, some of them had barter system. They didn't have even money, so they would give you honey and cashew nuts and some nuts and. Black eyed bins, and also in return for goods, you would give them make, make him a shirt or something like this.
0: That's incredible.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: yeah. So, how, how how long did you live there for?
1: I lived there for, for about 10 years. There were no school but then we got a teacher from India specifically. And so I, I was there up to 10, and then I moved to another bigger town about 50 miles away from there called Lindy, Lindy. where it was a proper town. That was Lindy, still very much sort of well-known and quite big. Again on the seaside, lovely place, beautiful beaches and
0: everything. Nice. Did you ever work in the shop before you, before you moved?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I helped my dad and, you know, because sometimes the Africans with, you know, local people would come for shopping, you know, and they would buy so many things. They were so slowly, they come with the whole family. So they may not finish their shopping in one day. Obviously they can't go back like another five, 10, 20 miles away. So they would stay at our place, not in our house. You know, we had a big garden, big, big shed and everything. So they would stay there to spend the night. We would give them food to eat.
0: And they would continue their shopping the next day. And
1: That's right. They would continue their shopping next day <laughs> and finish the shopping as well.
0: It's kind of a Airbnb meets, like ebay kind of experience that you're yeah
1: pioneering. amazing all these principles were already there before years ahead of europe
0: but, uh, pioneer, okay so um what what do you think made you move when you from when you attend to to lindy
1: obviously education that was amazing right. yeah. uh, then i moved to lindy lindy had very good school or bigger town much bigger town and uh you know So yeah, then from Lindy, I moved to India to finish my secondary education. So I went to Pune, Pune, what is called now, yeah. So there, um, including my sister Gita and all, they moved. And she was, the school, it was was, was three to five miles away from home, three miles maybe, yeah, away from home. And I remember uh, Gita's, my sister's school, was very ne- near to it's A Christian school, St. Joseph's school, called, both were called St. Joseph's school. And Gita was a girl's school, mine was a boy's school. So I my school would start at about 11 o'clock and then her starts early and finishes early. But then I used to carry lunch in a tiffin box for her and go to her school give the tiffin to her and get and come back to my school
0: amazing Are the schools close to each other or were they quite very were they close miles apart
1: each, very close to each other
0: right amazing
1: amazing so that was a girls' school and all the girls knew me when <laughs> i used to go by cycle i used to go cycling yeah from home to there we're carrying tiffin as soon as I go and enter in the school, the girls wouldn't know me. They'll all wave me from their classrooms or play areas or whatever it is. <laughs>
0: so you've always been popular with the girls. That's what we're going <laughs> on the podcast. Is that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: uh, that was interesting. Yes,
0: that's great. So, um, what were you like in school? Were you kind of strongly academic?
1: uh not very but yeah reasonably well made a lot of good friends a lot of from because Pune was well known for education and a lot of people used to come from other countries as well african countries and other asian countries to study there and a uh, lot of East, East indian people who had gone out like us gone back to india to study mm. And so, made a lot of good friends, and I'm still in touch with them. We have gatherings of Puna, things like that. And, and uh, you know.
0: That's incredible. So, you still have reunions now?
1: Yes, reunions and in touch. And we got our little group, Zoom, Zoom group, and this group, and that group. And so, yeah, still in touch with them. That's then, cool. from there, I moved to Coventry i did b I, I i did a university education in india as well finished schooling last year of secondary education and then did a, uh university and did bcom be, degree in accountancy
0: right why then, accountancy
1: well somehow because i think that was thought that accountancy would suit me better. I enjoyed because it was something in the family, like, you know, father was a businessman, but still very good with maths, my dad, although he had hardly any education. He was very good with maths and somehow that came and also, I think accountancy was more because you could earn some money later on when you did like as I did chartered accountancy in Coventry. Whilst you were training you were also getting paid so that was good because it was not always easy to get money from Tanzania because mm. of exchange control.
0: Did you find it a big difference between schooling and university where you went to university?
1: Yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. quite the approach was different schools and university and all. How
0: do yeah. you how do you adapt or adjust to the different situation?
1: well again i stayed in a hostel we made lots of friends from all different places so i think it was easy to adjust and you were treated more like mature and uh, you could do study at your pace and uh, you don't have to attend all the classes as long as you covered covered it up and studied it at home or something so i think yeah i've Adopted fairly quickly.
0: That's excellent. Yeah. And so you're you're at university and you're studying commerce. Are yeah, you still in touch with many of your friends there? Did you develop a? Yes, yes.
1: A lot of friends in touch. There are some funny things. India is an amazing place. I must tell you. You know, whilst I was in their, uh hostel in Pune studying, used to travel to Bombay, which was near to Pune, where all the excitement was. All the <laughs> life. But on the train you do meet all sort of people amazing and one or two incidents I remember uh, I was traveling from Pune to Bombay mm-hmm. in a, by train and then there is one stop in the middle it stops for a long time for about an hour the train stops <laughs> so i during the, on the train I made friendship with some people there and I became friends he said come on you. Uh, this is, you've got 45 minutes before your training, you leave, you know, come and have a tea, have a, have a bit of a, snacks at our place. So I went there, not realizing that, you know, as soon as the tea came, there was a young girl, you know, beautiful dressed up girl, brought tea and coffee for me. And what obviously he was trying to do is trying to fix me with his daughter.
0: To marry you after this.
1: Yeah. And I said no, no, no. I, I said nothing before. He said, no. Don't, don't you like her? You got her young, younger, her younger sister here, because he had about five to seven girls in the
0: house. Was he just picking up strangers on the train, or did he really like you?
1: Well, I think he did like me. Obviously, you wouldn't pick up strangers on the train. He was Gujarati. You see, in India, you meet all sort of different state, different caste. He was Gujarati, and uh, somehow, but I didn't realize that if that was his intention. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Were you close to saying yes? What did you think? How did well, you get out of that situation? No,
1: well, uh, I, 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 no, I said, look, I just come from abroad to study here. This is my first year. I still long way to go, and that's last thing in my mind. I'm not ready for marriage or anything. Uh, she's, you know, nice girl, etc. Very nice girl, I must say, that, yeah. But that was something too early. You know, I wasn't even thinking of that. You know, so but yes. Uh, <laughs>
0: Made. That's excellent. What a train journey. Did you, make it back, did you make it back to your train in time?
1: <laughs> I ran back to my train. <laughs> I was scared then. I said, Ooh, what's going on? Oh, that's but, uh, but no, he had all the good intentions. Nice guy. He was a big businessman in that town. But somehow in India, I think at that time, now I think things are changing. Mm-hmm. At that time, it was everything was arranged marriages, almost 90 100%.
0: What a great story! Any other good stories from the train?
1: Oh, I'm sure there must be some, you know. But, uh, no, I don't know. Yeah. Other thing, what we used to do is from hostel in Pune in the evening after we used to go down into the city for have a coffee and drinks and chit chat and gathering, and and that was a bit of a distance. So we i i had a hired bike bicycle i had kept a hired a bicycle mm-hmm. and from time to time we three to four or five people friends of would ride the bicycle and go to the restaurant right. but it wasn't allowed of course so once the policeman caught us and said what's going on here and normally they would find you there and there but they know the students won't have the money yeah so when you Caught us. He said, "Okay, either give me hundred rupees fine now, or you'll have to walk." I said, "Well, we'll walk." So only, the way they do it is pull out the air from your cycle tube. You know, just pull the really? valve. Yeah, just the policeman will just pull the valve out of the cycle. <laughs> so you have got a flat tire, so there's no way you can <laughs> ride the bike. You have to walk. So that's your punishment.
0: Some well, nice, so he ripped the, the tire tube out of your bike.
1: Yeah, he'll they'll just they'll just pull out the valve there, and it'll it, the, all the air will come out, and it'll a flat tire. Then he said, "Now you go."
0: <laughs> Did you ever get your bike back?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they will keep the bike. You just have to carry it by hand. You can't ride on it. That's <laughs> okay. Indian Indian way of treating a crime, which is in, quite ingenious. I think you're quite right, you know, in a way. I was punished. I got my lesson. I didn't have to pay the money. Yeah. Because if you pay the money, he will pocket the money anyway.
0: Exactly, yeah. Maybe just offer a bribe.
1: Yeah. Oh, but that's amazing. funny things there.
0: So, what happens after university? So, you graduate from university.
1: Yeah, then, uh I wanted to do chartered accountancy. And obviously, UK was best for that. Hmm. So, came to... U.K. and uh, I went to Coventry because a friend, a uh, university friend, Ropuna, was there, so I stayed with him and he he found the accommodation for me and found the work and training contract for me as a chartered accountant. Mm.
0: If you cast your mind back to before you came to the U.K., <clears throat> did you expect much or did you know what to expect from? life in the uk did you know what you were signing up for
1: not really not very much so no i didn't know much it was quite a bit of initially it was quite a tricky but i had some one or two puna friends so that was good help they were always there and also then i stayed in ymca there in coventry and made further new friends you know i had very good friends, some italian friends two italian friends uh, some other so the, yeah, and one in one in this when I went to Coventry in the first month, I bought some premium bonds 10 premium bonds.
0: <laughs> okay,
1: they would qualify for a prize three months later, right? Come three months later, guess what happens?
0: What's happened? I,
1: I win a prize. £1,000 in those days, this is about, I think, 1971 I'm
0: talking about. Right.
1: £1,000 is a lot of money.
0: Unbelievable, yeah.
1: What do I do? I go and buy a car. (laughs) Only thing, a second-hand car.
0: How much was the car?
1: The car was about £300. The only thing was, I didn't have a license.
0: So, when you said you learned your lesson earlier from the police officer.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. So, what do you do? So, you just have a nice car on the side of the road and you can't drive it?
1: So, no, but you see, I bought it because I had good friends. I said, there you were know, two Italian friends. They had Italian licenses, which was part of the European Union. So, it was as good. So, they, I could, as long as I'm driving, they're sitting next to me. I'm fine. I was allowed. So that's how I learned how to drive. I took only one or two lessons only, very few lessons, because I just didn't want to spend money at the time. And so when I used to drive around, my Italian friends used to sit next to me. So I was okay, and I passed my test in that car, Triumph Herald, Triumph Herald car.
0: What a cool story. Do you, do you still play the premium bonds? Did you, <laughs> you, you, did you win I still three? have got
1: some premium bonds. Yeah, since then I've won quite a few prizes, but little, little 50 quid and 25 quid and hundred.
0: But a thousand pounds, like you said, in that money, if you think about a second-hand car being worth 200, what did you do with the, with the rest of the money?
1: Well, use for education and other things. Oh, you know? great. And Amazing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There oh. some presents to here and there and <laughs> a few parties.
0: How how do you describe your like the time that you were in Coventry and you know learning and getting a car like was that a fairly happy time Were you uh, under a lot of pressure Like what was it like adjusting to life in the UK?
1: Uh, wasn't too bad initially. There was a bit of racism in the firm where I was working. I could see that, but because my work was much better than the local guys, I was preferred. to okay. and, Yeah, and uh, I got promotion fairly quickly.
0: In what way do you think your work was better?
1: Uh, I worked harder, I think I used my head better than this, those guys, those guys were just interested in different things and you know, just chit-chatting and all these things. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, I think it didn't bother me that much, I coped very well. Mm. Because I'd been through different different situations in Africa and uh, uh, Pune and everything yeah I, I was well trained how to deal with different situations mentally, so I think it didn't bother me much
0: That's amazing, yeah, I think yeah. one of the things that I'm learning is just about the resiliency of your generation, like you seem to be de- able to deal with so much change yeah. and it makes I asked this question i'm not sure there's one single answer, but yeah. Well, other than you know what about your background or what about the way you grew up do you Mm. think made you ready for that or was it just going through all these different experiences
1: Mm. yeah I think yeah I mean the experience did help me later on in the life you know it definitely did Mm. yeah I mean uh, these Italian friends I made I remember you know I'm still in touch with them when Ami got married one of the guys he came specifically with his daughter for oh, into wow. the wedding yeah from he just stayed there two nights in the hotel next to the wedding hall and uh, he went back and uh, we are still in very much in touch that's incredible
0: it yes. seems like you make when you make friends you make them for a very very long time
1: yeah somehow you know i mean yeah because i'm choosy but once i'm Friend with them, I stay friend forever, it seems like.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean by choosy? Talk about being choosy.
1: Well, I don't know. Sometimes, you know, Lata says, well, oh, he's been so nice. Why are you ignoring him? But I don't know. Till I, it, it has to click within me. Then I.
0: Then you become <laughs> friends for life.
1: <laughs> well, I don't know. yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: Somehow, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not showing off, but that's, that's you know.
0: That's excellent. That's 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 very very cool. Um, okay, so we skipped a little bit ahead potentially, but um, so you're at work and you're going through the promotions. Mm-hmm. Um, when do you feel like you're ready to start settling down? So you rejected the girl off the train, or the man, the man with his daughter off the train. Yeah. When do you start feeling ready to to start a family and lay roots? And how does that work?
1: Well, I was then in I mean, in Coventry, and then uh, I was introduced here to Lata Fai because <laughs> I used to come in the weekends here Kingsbury some weekends because my masa used to live there they still, they are still living there Raja and they knew uh, Lata Fai's family so they introduced Lata and we were introduced with each other and yes and then I said yes <laughs>
0: What were your first impressions of what uh,
1: well, Cheerful. Uh, smiling. And uh, yeah. Do you uh,
0: remember your first few interactions? Do you remember what it was like when you first met her?
1: Uh, I think we went to a restaurant where for a drink or a pub, it was a restaurant, yeah. And yeah, I mean, I was I quite liked her. You know, before that, I've seen about eight to ten girls. I was introduced to eight to ten different girls and families, and I said, no, 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 no. Somehow, when I saw Lata and the family, I think I liked the family as well. Bharat, Mama was there, everybody was there. We ran. Uh, yeah. Something so flipped. somehow, somehow he just Somehow, I said, yeah, she's the right one for me. Amazing.
0: And so how long between meeting her and getting engaged? What was the...
1: Uh, yeah, it wasn't too long. I think maybe two, three months.
0: Two, three months. Okay.
1: Uh, we got engaged and then the, we, we, yeah, we, we, had, we had a marriage ceremony.
0: Amazing. Not,
1: really long, not very long. <laughs> so wait, so
0: two, three months between meeting I and think. getting married?
1: Yeah, yeah, getting married, yeah. So it wasn't long.
0: That's incredible. I mean, in today's...
1: That means even Lata was impressed. <laughs> she, <laughs> couldn't, she couldn't wait very long. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's great. Um, two months between meeting and getting married. I think but so, yes. For us, for like my cousins and, and um, you know our children, that will seem like madness, right? I mean, it was more common in your time, but like, you know, engagements last for yeah, about yeah. six times <laughs> that length now. Mm. Um, that's incredible. So, how, okay, so you're sort of.
1: But then I was introduced and got married. And then I moved, uh, settled in Edgware because my cousin was living in here in Edgeware. So settled in, uh, then I w- was working, started working with a city firm of chartered accountants, a mm-hmm. small firm. I became a partner with them in 1987. I, no, 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 I became a partner with them in 1980, I think.
0: Right.
1: Yeah. And then in 1987, I branched out of myself and set up a separate practice of my own. But uh, Jay Chatwani and I myself, we both started partnership. We both were working in the same firm.
0: Okay. What, what was the catalyst for you wanting to spin out and do your own thing or as a partnership?
1: Yeah, because I could see the hard work was all done by me and the rewards were taken by someone else, you know uh and i thought yeah I, I would be better off doing having my own practice doing my own way and making money then i could keep it
0: <laughs> did it feel like a risk at the time
1: yeah there was obviously at the time there was a big risk because uh you were hiring a premises paying huge city rents and if you're not able to keep the client or get new work it could be disaster you know mm. luckily we both w- w- got on very well with each other jay my partner and and business partner yeah and uh yeah the practice started doing well year by year the, we kept on expanding we started with one employee and two partners that's it within a few years we had 10 employees three partners you
0: know incredible yeah amazing
1: Yeah, so that's it,
0: and... At what point in this journey does Ami and Amma come into the picture?
1: Yeah, Ami was born in July 81. Right. Born in May 84.
0: Uh, So two young children at the time of... Two
1: young children at the time. Lata had a good job, but she left it to full-time look after them. Because by that time, when the practice was doing very well, Great. so we could afford to do that, you know. So that also, we we were able to give best for most time to children, you know, me and Amma.
0: Uh,
1: and as a result, they both got in very good schools. And Lata has been very good with children, and uh, homework and things like that, which benefited the whole family.
0: Definitely. How did? Do- at the time obviously you know you're you're quite young and you're beginning a practice and you suddenly become parents do you remember how how do you feel about how did you think about balancing those commitments because that's obviously a quite a hard time for a lot of people It is, yeah because
1: uh, you're being a partner in a city from, and you're always under pressure and yeah so i used to work hard you know you used to leave house in the morning uh 7 30 and not getting back till about 7 30 again so almost 12 hours so you you never see the children they are asleep when you go they are asleep when you come back uh, so yeah for initially it was hard but then we adjusted very well uh try to spend as much time as possible with, for children you know on the weekends i used to be I never used to bring work home that was and never used to work on weekends that could be easily you can get sucked into it and you know, yeah. and that time was devoted to family, especially Ami and amma That's great. So I, I think yeah, noticed. I mean, I remember, you know, didn't give them you know plenty of time.
0: That's amazing. Mm. Um and as you and then, you know, obviously, you know, the kids grow up and you know the your, your business continues to flourish and as you look back on it now, are there any kind of other lessons that you feel like you learned or any other messages for kind of the rest of the family
1: well basically just to work hard play hard (laughs) and just focus on what you are doing at the present time
0: yeah i think that's really powerful there's the, we're recording this now in, you know, October 2020. There's a lot going on in the world, but one of the recent things is um, a lot of people are talking about mindfulness and meditation and this idea of being very present in your current moment. So I think yes. that's right. yes, yes. Um, so Roger, one before we get to some quick fire questions on you, um, I do you know it's amazing. It's a real privilege to be able to do this podcast and talk to so many members of the family but there are a few people that we can't speak to unfortunately because they're no longer with us like the last one yeah yeah oh i
1: see
0: i'd just like to um oh, ask if... you about you know Bapaji and um the buffet and vijay 4 if that's okay so yeah, sure. um any like thoughts or stories or memories of um maybe we'll start with Bapaji
1: yeah i mean bah and bapuji well is' both my ba and Bapu, Bapujis you know here and also my own Ba bapuji yeah
0: yeah
1: uh i mean one brief thing I can tell about my ba both had no no education at all they lived in a small village despite that they had they valued education they worked very hard and they Give proper education to all four of us, you know, four Hmm. brothers and two sisters. So that is something really, really I appreciate and I admire. And looking at Bhai and Bapuji and Lata's parents and Vibha they also had, I learned to. Many things from them, actually. You know, especially Babuji was always smiling, always playing with grandchildren and children, which is something definitely to something to appreciate
0: mm. and aspire to. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 And. Yeah, yeah. especially from Bapuji, he was always smiling. Vibha as well, very cheerful. Never would show her problems to anybody. And yeah, definitely, we miss Vibha definitely a lot. Yeah, we miss him a lot. Yeah,
0: yeah. Mm -hmm. So I want to ask you some fun facts about you, that's okay. okay. So, these are yeah. more kind of quick fire questions. Yes. Um, what is the kindest thing that anyone has ever done for you?
1: Well, many, many things, but in particular, something which I can say is I must appreciate Lata, what she has done. You know, she's looked after my parents and my sister for nearly 30 years, despite her health sometimes not being well. Mm. That's a tremendous uh, sacrifice, tremendous understanding and kind things done to me, I feel, you know, which is nice because otherwise many of my, my friends circle and their wives and it's, they would flat out say, No, no, I don't want your father here, You don't want your mom here, I don't want your family here,
0: mm.
1: but uh, not like that, Lata had, you know, she was very good with my parents and that. Looked after them, and even now my sister is still lives with us. You know, so that is um, I think is one of the the, the kindest thing. Um, yeah, that's to a answer. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: That's a lovely answer. What's the most romantic thing that you have ever done? Oh, <laughs> well,
1: I mean, they, they, on every tomorrow is our anniversary.
0: So
1: um, Happy anniversary! The, oh, oh yeah! So uh, Lata will get little present from me—present in some flowers or chocolates or something. And I think I'll never, never forget on any anniversary, never her birthday. Every time I'll give her flowers or something. So I think
0: you've been romantic me, my
1: friends. So, they, 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 don't do that at all, and they think I'm <laughs> mad.
0: You're putting everyone to shame. How, what, what, what anniversary are you celebrating tomorrow?
1: tomorrow is 43 43
0: and in 43 years you've never missed a birthday or an anniversary no um, amazing yes that's incredible i i have less than 10 i've definitely missed a few (laughs) um you do you have any regrets or anything that you would change from the past
1: i don't think i've got no regrets no i think i think yeah i think I mean obviously things might have been different in certain ways but over on the whole the way my life has been structured and what i have done something i think no regrets
0: great what so because of that and because you have no regrets i have to ask what do you think is the secret to a happy and fulfilled life
1: well keep smiling don't take yourself too seriously i think <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> okay um what advice do you have for the future generation so for my cousins and for our children any advice specific to our family Well,
1: work, work hard and play hard yeah yeah that's what i think
0: we play pretty hard i think it's maybe yeah. really the work hard component <laughs> um Rajvore, what's your favorite book
1: uh, favorite book. That's a good question. I think that was a long, long, long time ago. I had read a journey to the center of the world by Jules one. Yeah. And I think I still, I read, love that book. I would, wouldn't mind reading that again if I had some time or if I get a chance.
0: That's great. You yeah. have time. Maybe there's time now or it's the next
1: no, one. No, no, that's right.
0: Do you still have your original copy?
1: No, I don't. Okay. It's many, many years ago, but I would love to have that. I'll, and once I get my hands on it, I'll read again from cover to cover.
0: Journey to the Center of the Earth. I'll add it to my list too. I've not read that book actually, but it's, it's been no, no, on. a no,
1: no, beautiful book.
0: Uh, what's your favorite movie?
1: Uh, for a Fistful of Dollars.
0: This and sort of- Sound
1: of Music. And Sound of Music, I think I'll, both totally different types, you know. But I used to like Clint Eastwood films, and Fist of Dollars was a lovely film, beautiful. Sound of Music was another great film. Yeah. Another film which I liked was Indian film Sangam.
0: Sangam. Okay, that's come up a couple times. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yes. Indian film.
0: Amazing. Why different films, all three of them?
1: Yeah, all different, different. One is musical, one is like cowboy (laughs) western, and. Sangam is another quite different type of work story. Yeah.
0: Do you enjoy, do you watch quite a lot of films? Do you feel like you have broad taste when it comes to cinema? Uh,
1: not really. I'm not a great you know, movie lover. No, not really. No. just I like, like short, short programs on TV, like dramas and things mm-hmm. like that. I prefer them.
0: Um, what's your favorite hobby and you can't say golf
1: watching Liverpool playing, but not really, <laughs> the last, last game.
0: Tell us, because you're, um, of the uncles, you're one of the few that's very kind of into football or very certainly into kind of supporting their football club. How did you support, begin supporting Liverpool and, and why did you stick with them through the years?
1: Well, when I came to Coventry, I, there was one who chap in next door to me, in the room next door to me. He supported Liverpool. So that I was slightly biased over there. And then come here, I wasn't too much too keen on that, but still, at least Liverpool was a name I had heard of. You know. mm. Here, then, I, Amar was a, is a strong supporter of Liverpool. Right. So that was in the family. So since then, I think I got very much keen on Liverpool.
0: I always sort of assumed that you were the Liverpool fan first, but Amar was a Liverpool fan before you?
1: yeah i think i i wasn't a fan but i of all the teams i like liverpool liverpool
0: know. yeah and they're, they're doing incredibly now yeah um are. what's your favorite food what's the favorite what's your favorite meal for latafé or anyone else to make for you
1: what is hondo i love hondo yeah she cooks that very well she does Favorite dish hondo you know hondo yeah
0: she yeah. does she makes great hondo. If you had a billboard above a motorway and you could mm-hmm. choose anything what would you have written on it?
1: Well, uh, I'd so. <laughs> <That's, that's pretty. laughs> so say <laughs> i love you Lata. No. That's crazy. Hi Vishant. See, I <love you>. said <laughs> I couldn't I'm meaning the right time.
0: She came in at just the right time. If Lata Fay wasn't standing right behind you oh, what would you Oh my god no.
1: It's our wedding anniversary tomorrow.
0: I know. 44 yeah. years. Happy anniversary.
1: Thank you. Thank Indeed. you. I'll leave you to it. Yeah. Good night. Yeah. Good night. Good night. Okay. Where are we? Where are we?
0: Um, tell me something that very few people in the JGF are likely to know about you.
1: Oh, i don't think they anything i haven't kept any secrets no secrets. so they know everything about me
0: even it could be like hobbies from when you were younger or um like anything that you know you were really interested in or
1: uh yeah i don't think i've kept anything back
0: any hidden talents <laughs>
1: No, I don't think I have anything like that special. Oh, I can't think of anything special, no.
0: Rajafur, you're an open book. Um, yes. What do you think makes the JGF special? What do you think makes our family special?
1: I think they all get on with each other. There are no ill feelings or if there is anything, we just say it out. And uh, yeah, it's uh, envy to other families, the way we are. we get on with each other. With all different different age, you know, I get respect from group from all ages, you know. Mm. I mean, as little as uh, anaya and sia or whatever, <laughs> and uh, anyone, you know, and, Viren and all. That. So no, that uh, I think that's the secret.
0: Yeah, that is. I think that is the secret. Okay, so Rajiv, I'm going to name some members. Of the family and I'd like you to describe them with the first three words that come to your head is that okay okay so you're just gonna clear your mind out and I'm gonna tell you a name and you're just gonna give me three words that you oh, associate with that person oh, all right is that okay? okay so the first one is Kundanfei
1: smiling kind and uh, always uh, cheerful Josnafe again very kind and caring and helpful
0: Latafe? careful
1: <laughs> well she's been a lovely wife you yeah. know
0: a lovely wife there's the three lovely words yeah Viva fey.
1: <clears throat> always smiling always cheerful and we truly miss her Pratada. good company easy going enjoys his whiskey
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: good good whiskey partner
0: <laughs> you can keep going on paratha if you want
1: <laughs> no that's fine
0: uh my dad Viren,
1: good leader and good organizer mm-hmm. very good
0: and buckle cutter
1: good golfer he is <laughs> yes
0: yeah, he he's very good
1: he, he started much much later than all of us and he's overtaken us Everyone. He's won a lot of. I think he's the only person who's won more trophies than your dad.
0: Is that right? Yes. they will have to compare trophy cabinets when they Yeah, I know. <laughs> <bit. Yes. laughs> I like it. Well, Roger Foy, is there anything else before we sign off? Is there anything else that you wanted to share or that you wanted to talk about that we didn't get a chance to get through today?
1: No, as I was saying, you asked me, well, why do you consider JGF special? Well, I said, yeah, we all, we all get on very well with all age groups, no age barrier. Uh, no, that's fine. And the lessons to learn from Ba and Bapuji is spend time with C and children. Spend time with grandchildren and children. And that's definitely something I've learned from Bapuji. Uh, that's lovely.
0: Um, well, Roger, for all that's left for me to do is say thank you so much for your time. I really, really appreciate everything you've said to me. All, all the messages around working hard, working smart, um, play hard um, are really, really powerful. I think, you know, just thinking and listening about your life and where you grew up and what you've achieved. Uh, it's been a real privilege to, to speak to you and hear your story. So thank you so much. I'm sure everyone's going to Love listening to it. So um, with that, just thanks very much.
1: Thank you very much to you as well. You, you've taken this project amazingly. Very, very commandable. Absolutely brilliant. Thank you. Very well. Thank you.